I just think the words redistribution and collaboration need to be in every business's vocabulary moving forward if they want to be meaningful, to engage more diverse audiences, and to really be able to be authentic because people can sniff that out in a second. Hello, thank you so much for listening to Earth Care, the interview series that's dedicated to understanding the ways that we can care for the earth and each other. I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and I'm on a mission to make climate change an approachable and not so overwhelming conversation for everyone. On this podcast, we meet climate heroes, activists, experts, entrepreneurs, and get their take on how we can help save the planet. And during this episode, we're learning how to do that on a professional level at work. Christy Drutman, who you might know as Brown Girl Green, if you follow her on social media, is an activist, speaker, consultant, advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion, podcast and media host, founder of Green Jobs Board, and just an absolute light in the climate action movement. Now, after a very busy and trailblazing day at the White House, meeting President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, right? Talk about inspiring. Christy joined me for a conversation where she shared her journey with climate activism and spoke about the importance of making our activism intersectional. If you've been following Christy, you understand the TLC, the time and energy that she's put into the educational media that she creates. So I would be remiss to not first ask about her journey with activism. However, then we dove into the Green Jobs Board. What is it? What constitutes a green job? And how can employers make their businesses more sustainable and inclusive? Now, in this conversation, Christy references the devastating floods that occurred in Pakistan in 2022. In fact, a few of the upcoming guests on EarthCare mentioned those. These interviews were collected over the past few months. So when you hear that, just know that it's in reference to the floods from 2022. Here it is, my EarthCare conversation with Christy Drutman. Christy, thank you so much for sharing your time with EarthCare. <laughs> How you. did your journey with environmental activism begin? Let's just start there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't grow up much exposed to much environmental activism. I think like I was aware of environmental pollutants in you know, my neighborhood and where I grew up. Like I grew up near a freeway. I had pretty low lung capacity because of it to where like, you know, classmates thought I lived with like parents who smoked. Um, and that was kind of like these weird inklings of like, oh yeah, I probably live in a pretty polluted place. Um, but beyond that, I didn't really understand the connections between environment, people and place until towards the end of high school, I got really involved with understanding water scarcity issues. Um, you know, happening in the global south um, and, and trying to understand like why, why exactly is it that certain parts of the world don't have access to clean water? And that started to open up my eyes to asking about more questions about, um, you know, environmental issues happening in the world. And then I went to UC Berkeley for undergrad. Um, and during that time, that's when I finally was really exposed in, in the classroom to understanding environmental injustice and how it was impacting you know black and brown and indigenous communities and really understanding the history of both like you know the world as well as our country and what led us to the point where you know black brown indigenous lower income communities people with disabilities etc why they're on the front lines of the climate crisis and I, I began to really start understanding that I guess through an academic lens but then I started getting involved in youth um, you know, climate organizing on campus, working on fossil fuel divestment and anti-fracking campaigns, um, and was starting to just really understand this ecosystem of a worldwide movement trying to fight for what we call climate justice. And that kind of dipped my toes into the beginnings 
of my environmental activist journey by understanding that the environment was not just about protecting birds and bees and nature, but actually protecting you know, human life. And, and that gave me a new vantage point to operate my, my activism out of. Right. Now you mentioned something that we've talked about on Earth Care. We, we've discussed before, but we've never really defined. And so you said global south. Now I'm in a four season climate. I'm, uh, you know, I have cold winters, I have hot summers, but we hear so often that, you know, so much of what happens in the global north is why the global south yeah. experiences the wrath of climate change, like devastating yeah. effects. Can you just speak to that? Because I think we've never yeah. really explained yeah. on Earth Care what that is. Yeah, totally. I mean, due to histories of like colonialism and imperialism and globalization, um, you know, there's these patterns of, ex of resource extraction and um, oppression that have basically made people from the global north and the west, you know, the main polluters on this planet that are actually warming the planet that, you know, own these businesses and these corporations that are polluting without any regulation. Um, they're not really having even like the minerals they extract or the, you know, oil they extract or the resources they're extracting regulated, um, you know, they're causing all this harm and especially like outsource that to people in countries like Bangladesh and the Philippines and Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera, because they can get a cheaper labor workforce. Um, and basically, meanwhile, extract resources from those people's countries and meanwhile, be able to do all of that in the service of, you know, the comforts and needs of people who live in the global north um, at the expense of the long-term well-being, health and safety of those people that live in those countries that essentially become dumping grounds and, you know, the bottom of the waste stream from those of us that live in the comforts of the global north. So when we're thinking about global north and global south and why we use those terms instead of calling something a third world country is because that framing of calling something a third world country is very politicized of who is who is the hero and who's the victim and you know that's rooted in you know white supremacy and colonization and so we use these terms global south and global north to understand that it is geographic regions and to understand the power dynamics that led to you know people in the west in the global north who have the power resources and wherewithal have chosen in some ways historically to instead extract, exploit, pollute um, those communities. So right. I hope that was a clear enough explanation. No, that was, <laughs> thank you for that. So if you're watching this from the global north, that's your kick in the pants to get involved and write to your government officials. Now, through yeah. your activism, what helps you avoid activism burnout? Yeah, and I, I just want to bounce back to your last question just to really ground this into people. The reason why we also talk about these things is about the lack of representation of Black, Indigenous, and people of color in mainstream environmental media and storytelling. Um, you know, people heard all over the news about the floods in Pakistan a week or two ago, and now you're not even hearing about it. But you're probably going to hear about celebrities in the global north and their drama, you know, and what's going on. But a lot of these communities just continue to be a part of a news cycle. Um, and that is part of the consequences of a global system that continues to exploit and suppress those people. And, and part of why I burn out is because of that, because I feel like it's really frustrating to be an independent media creator and try to uplift the voices of those people that live in the global south, collaborate, you know, work with them to do all these things, 
when like I'm not even getting the same types of funding as like mainstream media organizations um, or entities that are not uplifting those voices <laughs> that are more so uplifting narratives of, oh, we need, you know, population control. We need, um, you know, we need to blame China for everything. We need to do X, Y, and Z thing to take the onus off of those of us in the global North who have caused this problem. Um, you know, we're always just tossing the ball to someone else and yeah. no one, no one takes responsibility. And that's like, that's the issue with, with doing this work. And that can burn me out pretty fast where it can feel hopeless, where you're like, I'm just grinding, grinding, grinding. And you feel so alone and isolated. The way I break out of that is by building community, by learning from people that are on the ground doing this work and like learning from their activism, channeling it into my own activism um, to know that like this is a long-term fight, even though the crisis is urgent, it's still a, a fight for my lifetime. And so I have to find that balance of like, how do I ground myself while also understanding the urgency and the responsibility I have with the resources and the privilege that I have um, to do what I can, but also knowing that I have limitations. And sometimes you have to pass in that way, in a positive way, you do have to pass the ball and not feel as bad about that and share your strengths and your resources with other people and even empower them because maybe they'll have more energy than you will at certain points to kind of like take the baton from you and you can take a break. You know what I mean? That's the whole point of community, right? And I actually think one of the one way to avoid burnout is to feel like you're a part of something and you're yeah. with these like-minded people that energize you. And which is one of the many reasons I'm so excited to talk to you about Green Jobs Board, because I yeah. think it's serving that purpose among so many other purposes. So what is Green Jobs Board? Oh my gosh, thank you for asking. Well, Green Jobs Board is, you know, another birth child out of Brown Girl Green, a second platform, if you will, that's a social media platform bridging the gap to the green economy. Um, so the idea of it is, is using social media as a way, as a job recruitment platform um, to basically bring green jobs, internships, fellowships um, to audiences all over the world in social media. Right now, we are primarily US-based, but we're consistently starting to get jobs um, you know, outside of the US, which is really exciting. And, you know, we're just a small team of four people. Um, but it's been really great. Like we post jobs. We also post videos on tips and tricks for resume review, interviews. If you've never even had a degree, how can you get a green job and things like, you know, solar manufacturing, um, really laying it out for people, a roadmap and pathways that they can plug into no matter where they're starting from to actually plug in and be a part of a movement to build a green economy. Right. And you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head on something I want to talk about, too, of what constitutes a green job, because initially when you hear that, you think, oh, like solar panel right. engineer, right, like a scientist. But that's not always the case. So what are some examples? Yeah, I mean, I just want to tell everyone, like even what I do right now, like I'm a full time media producer and creator, and that is still a green job because I'm educating people Um all the time using digital marketing tools to basically be able to um, do signal boosting to a lot of campaigns, petitions, organizations that I think are doing incredible work on the ground. And that is a green job. But I have a digital marketing background that's not, you know, I do have a climate science background as well. But the thing is, is like, you know, I mostly on a day to day basis am, you know, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, a marketer, and that is a green job. And then, you know, there's people that are accountants. Lots of environmental organizations and nonprofits need accountants. Um, 
data analysts, um, people that even, yeah, want to do a manufacturing job. Yes, it's a manufacturing job, maybe for a renewable energy company, but like you don't need a degree in environmental science to do something like that. Um, and so we're really trying to expand the scope of like what career paths people can take while also making sure that we're giving them the tools that can equip them through that. Um, and that that's really the vision of the Green Jobs Board. And me and my co-founder, Usman, like we really wanted to make it a platform um, that again, isn't just a list of jobs, but actually is engaging in people, engaging with people. What do you want the green economy to actually serve to you? And we give that feedback now to other companies and organizations like, hey, these are the conversations happening online on what needs to happen for your company or your organization to shift if you're actually going to recruit people. I mean, there's this whole thing about the, you know, great, what is it? Like the great leave? People oh, just, the great resignation. The great resignation. And a lot of people, especially young people, are kind of fed up and burnt out from working at organizations that maybe have a quote unquote solid mission, but don't actually follow that up with work that feels great and dynamic and interesting. And so I think it's really important that organizations that we engage with on the Green Jobs Board, like we're in dialogue with them, that it's not just like they're using our service, but they're also learning from this as well, which I hope will lead to more institutional shifts down the line. That actually leads me right into my final question. You know, you and your work talk so much about diversity, inclusion, uh, equity. So as businesses are going back to the drawing board and going, wow, we really need to take sustainability seriously. What would you like to see more of from businesses moving forward as they start opening these doors for green jobs? You know, I would love to see just like more tangible funding and programming to support, you know, black, brown, indigenous climate activists. Um, doing more intentional partnerships to redistribute funding and programming to on the ground environmental organizations that have been not historically represented or don't receive that same level of funding. Um, I just think the words redistribution and collaboration need to be in every business's vocabulary moving forward if they want to be meaningful to engage more diverse audiences and to really be able to be authentic because people can sniff that out in a second. Um, and I think that if you're able to make your space more authentic and more accessible, not only you're going to have a more energized and less burnt out workforce, you're going to just come up with so many more innovative ideas. That is really what we need right now to be able to create the systemic change we're all hoping for. Um, we need diversity of thought, opinion, skill set, and so forth. And I hope people that are in leadership positions can recognize um, you know, their own role in that. Heck yeah, Christy, my goodness, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. I know you are wildly busy, literally, as we record this, you just finished a day at the White House, which is just, <laughs> how do you wrap your head around that? So I really, really do appreciate you sharing your time with EarthCare. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. And I, yeah, I, I hope to be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to EarthCare and letting this podcast be a part of your day. Since you made it this far, here's a little sneak peek into the conversation we're having next week. The world really does need one billion climate activists, and we don't really know where the tipping points are going to happen, but your actions really do make a difference. Until then, don't forget to hit follow or subscribe, whatever that button is on the device that you're listening to this episode on. Then you'll know when new episodes are out. And hey, if you have time, leave a review, message me with a review. I would love to know what's on your mind. 
mind, what's been clicking with you, and what topics you'd like to learn more about. Those are also a really big help when it comes to gathering more interviews, so I truly do appreciate that. We can also connect online at Earthcare Show on Instagram and TikTok and earthcareshow.com for more information. I'm Sarah Christie, and the goal of this podcast is to get us talking about climate change. So let's chat. <laughs>